Well, welcome to another week of Pick and Pod. I'm Christian Goey, your host, and I'm joined by Tom Terzulli and Vinny DeBellis here in the studio. Brendan O'Connell doing a good job already behind the glass for us. Guys, I know this is an NBA podcast, and we're going to get to all the NBA news with the Warriors and Scottie Pippen and his prediction that they would sweep the Warriors if they face each other in a seven-game playoff series. We're going to talk a little Knicks, Nets, Hall of Fame, Yao, uh, some controversy, him getting into the Hall of Fame, Iverson, Shaq, idols for us basketball fans. We love them. But let's start with a little NCAA action. Last night, 77-74, Villanova defeats one of the best teams, in my opinion, coming into it in North Carolina. And, and Villanova was a great team, and they proved that. Guys, did you guys watch it last night live? What did you guys think? Is it one of the best endings you've ever seen? Well, it's it's how could we not talk about it after that game last night? It was one of the most exciting games I've seen in college basketball. And you're right, you had a Villanova team that – you know, not many people picked to to even get to that spot, even as they were a two seed. But it was a really exciting game. I caught pretty much the entire second half. I got parts of the first half, but I was able to see that insane ending. And in my building, it was you could hear the entire building go crazy when uh, when that shot was made at the end. And I think the game is indicative of how great this tournament has been this year. Just round after round, we've been seeing so many great games, so many great finishes, and they're all different. You know, you had the game with Texas A and in Northern Iowa where they just collapsed. There was all the upsets in the first round. There was a ton of upsets in the first round. And then you go with this game in the national championship with a couple of crazy shots, including the uh, the Marcus Page shot for North Carolina where he was almost contorting his that body from three. And you thought shot. if North Carolina won that game, that was going to be the, the shot that everyone remembered. But unfortunately for Page, it is not. Yeah, Nova was incredible the entire tournament. Took out a lot of top teams to get there. Kansas, Oklahoma, and UNC. I mean, there's no question they deserve it. And as for the game yesterday night, I'd say no doubt best finish that I've seen in any national championship. As for the game as a whole, I was a little disappointed with the speed of play throughout the second half up until the last two minutes. I mean, the last two minutes were incredible, but just the foul calls bothered me. I know it was bothering a lot of people. I didn't but. see any any anything like that because I, I just didn't catch most of those calls. I caught the end mm-hmm. of the game. Were they really that bad? What was the... Was there any call that stuck out? I think just the quantity of calls in that second half. You had team. I think both teams were in the bonus before the ten minute mark, um, but it it just slowed That's... down the style of play. Not necessarily that they were bad calls, but just sort. Of, and this is a problem that the NCAA had a lot of complaints about this year, just sort of with the rule changes and how it kind of slowed the game down. But I I heard a lot of complaints up up to the end and a lot of people are going to forget about that just remembering Let the, the boys final play. 2 minutes exactly yeah, yeah that's Let that's the how I feel overall did you watch the the entire game cuz i only watched the uh the second half did you see the same type of officiating in the first half that you saw in the second or was it kind of they cracked down they were more tightly officiating it in the second half the i'd game? say they were tighter in the second half i mean I, I think it was pretty fair both ways but definitely tighter in the second half which um i i, I mean there's a bit bit of an argument that you could have there, but overall, I, I think you got to be happy with how the end of the game went, and uh, you know teams will adjust next year hopefully to the rule changes. And you and no matter what happened with the officials in that second half, people are going to remember those last two minutes of this game, and they're just going to remember that, and they're going to remember that this game as one of the greatest of all time, even if the second half 
or even the first half wasn't that exciting up until the final two minutes. So you do think it was one of the best games you've ever seen? Espe- one of the best endings, at least. Especially no in, in national championships, because I think in the past few uh, NCAA tournaments, there's obviously been so many great games, and then it goes down to the national championship, and it usually is not that exciting. It's it's a great game between two great teams, but when's the last time you remember a really great national championship in the right, past few years? Right. Well, I mean... I. Look, I, I it was a great ending. I, I watched it live, and I was going crazy. And I, and I kind of wanted Villanova to win. I'm a Syracuse guy, but I wanted Villanova to win. Um, I thought the shot was great, but at the same time, I think we're products of, of the moment, and I think we make a lot of it when it happens. I think, you know, Chalmers, that shot in 08 was crazy. We've seen some great endings, and whenever something happens, we're, oh, that was the best game we've ever seen. The Super Bowl two years ago, Seahawks-Patriots, everybody's saying that's the best Super Bowl they, that they've ever seen, or one of the best that, they, that they've ever seen. All of a sudden, people are forgetting about the 08 Super Bowl with the Giants taking down the, the undefeated Patriots on that Tyree catch. Maybe not they're forget, forgetting about it, but people tend to, when something happens, they want to feel like they just saw history, like they, they, they just saw the best game that's ever been played. I get it. But I thought the shot was, it was a great shot, but it wasn't, he wasn't contested. It was a, it was a acrobatic, sort of an acrobatic shot. The shot that was even more impressive was the page shot. The page shot was Tying it up. unbelievable. But I, what I would say to that is, yes, we definitely do take these moments and make them probably bigger than they are. That's the best game I've ever seen, the best ending I've ever seen. But I think what helps this situation was this. This was a game-winning shot in the biggest game of the year in college basketball. This is akin to a game-winning shot in Game 7 of the NBA Finals, a walk-off home run in Game 7 of the World Series. It cannot yeah, have yeah. a bigger magnitude than a game-winning shot in this situation. Great ending, great story. Villanova had not won since 85, so Raleigh Massimino was in the crowd, the coach <laughs> of that 85 team. Michael Jordan was there. All those MJ crying memes were. were uh, <laughs> it was it was a firestorm of MJ crying memes on Twitter after that. <laughs> Who did you guys think was going to win? I I had Carolina just because the Big East really hasn't ever since UConn won it when they were in the Big East. It really hasn't been a great conference after UConn left. There's not a lot of competition for Villanova in that conference. They were high ranked the entire year, but yeah. who were they really playing in that conference that was really? that skilled and so I was definitely going with North Carolina in that game I didn't have either of them in the national championship my bracket was completely and utterly destroyed but uh I would I had North Carolina winning it after the fact I had UNC going into that one I knew it was going to be closely contested just because of how great Villanova was in that semifinal against Oklahoma really just shocked the world as to how dominant they were I thought that um Bryce Johnson would be a little bit more imposing last night yeah, than he was. Yeah, it was a bit of a disappointment. And um, the UNC guard play surprised me. I didn't know that they were going to be that good in the first half. Uh, Joel Berry specifically just knocked down, and they just jumped out. with. They're, they're not a particularly good three-point shooting team, and they came out firing threes. It was uh, sort of uncharacteristic for, for them to do so, but... Great game overall. I knew it would be a tight one. Yeah, I couldn't pick a team before the game. I thought both teams were just so complete. They played so well all tournament. Villanova, as you said, the Big East, maybe not quite as what, quite what it used to be. But Vinny said earlier, and, and I completely agree with what he said, was Villanova went through the one of, arguably the toughest test of the tournament. They had to beat um, Kansas. They had to beat. Mm-hmm. They had to beat Oklahoma, who they destroyed. Um, and then they had to beat. North Carolina in the final. I think they also had to beat Miami in the second yeah. round, if I'm not mistaken. And that's a pretty good team. So Villanova, in my opinion, they proved themselves. They so deserved it. It wasn't a fluke run by any means. Not that you were suggesting that. Yeah, I, I, I think they if pro- it, they proved themselves. Yeah, if anything, they 
they proved many of the doubters wrong going through the run they did in the tournament. Going into the tournament, that could have been something that was going against them was their competition and who they played against the entire year. But like you said, they went through a great Oklahoma team. They beat some other great teams in the tournament to get there, and then they went to went to the top of the mountain. So they they proved that level of competition that you were playing during the season doesn't always carry over into the tournament success. So we're talking about champions. Now let's get into NBA one of the champions, well, the champion of last year, and probably the champion this year, at least you and me believe it will be the Warriors. Um, Scottie Pippen, another former champion, said uh, that he thinks the Bulls would sweep the Warriors today in a best-of-seven playoff series. Drew some drew some, uh, some talk. And, a lot of talk. And, and people... I heard a lot of people agree with Pippen, and a lot of people thought of it as disrespect. You know, Warriors are are on the verge of breaking the 72-10 and 10 record set by that 95-96 Bulls team. I want to get your thoughts. What do you think of the prediction that they would sweep the Warriors? Do you think he's right? How do you think the Warriors would do against the Bulls in a matchup uh, of seven games? Well, I think they match up pretty evenly with each other in some categories, and then I think a couple of categories separate one team from the other, and I'll get into that. But the one thing that I, th- a couple of things actually that I think they're pretty much even on. I think offensively they're pretty much an even team uh, in terms of offensive rating or offensive offensive efficiency rating. The Bulls were one fifteen point two, and the Warriors are one fourteen point eight in these two seasons. So pretty even on that. They both have that three headed monster: Curry, Thompson, and Draymond Green on the Warriors side, and then you have Pippen, Jordan, and Dennis Rodman on the Bulls side. And then also you have both great benches. You had Tony Kukoc coming in there with uh, pretty pr- right off the bench Kerr scoring. You had Kerr, which was a who was a great shooter. Coach on, of the Warriors. Yeah, coach of the Warriors now. And then of course the Warriors have probably the best bench in the NBA with Barbosa and uh, who else uh, they have coming off the bench. But I think what separates uh, the Bulls in this situation is the era that they did it in. I think it was a much more physical era in the NBA back then. The stuff that other teams would do to Jordan when he went to the rim, he beat the tar out of they beat the tar yeah. out of Jordan when he went to the rim. It was much more of a physical game. I don't know if I would call the Warriors per se a physical team. I would say maybe the Spurs are more of the physical team in terms of the upper echelon of the West. And in terms of controlling the pace, I think the Bulls in that season did a great job of controlling the pace. They were 20th in pace that season, 95-96. They were an unbelievable defensive team, maybe even on par defensively of the Spurs team this year, and they had their success against the Warriors. So I would still have to give the edge to the Bulls, even though they're even, I think, in some ways. So how do you, what do you think, this, how, how many games? In, in how goes? many games? I wouldn't go with Pippen and say it was a sweep. Pippen said they would, they would sweep the Warriors. I'd give them six games, and I think okay. the Bulls could beat them. Barkley said one. Charles Barkley said yeah. one game for the Warriors. You know, I'm t- I'm tired of these old timers trying to comment Call on the out situation. You know, uh, hot take. Sc- yeah, <laughs> Scotty and Charles Barkley too, as you just mentioned, just trying to stay relevant with the comments, making it about them and their their old times. You know, um, I think it would be a much more interesting series than they're making it out to be. I know Bar- Bar- Barkley said five five games, but. Uh, Pippen in four. Um, I think it depends on what era the game's being played in. If you're playing with the officiating of the 90s and sort of a much more uh, defensive-oriented um, game versus today, which um, favors player movement and sort of favors the Warriors' style of play, 
I think you're going to have different results depending on when the game is played. I think in today, um, it, it's tough for any team of any time to stop shooters like Steph and Clay. I mean, we've seen all these uh, old-timers commenting on how they'd stop it. you got to be more physical with them. And uh, it, it's not as easy as that. You know, you're going to be called for flagrants. Everything's televised, everything, yeah. more cameras, more you know, repercussions for that type of play. I, I would go with the Warriors and seven. Wow. Yeah. Um, I just think... I like it. The, the the Warriors sort of... Everyone said of the Bulls back in the 90s would, if they were having a bad offensive night, they'd rely on the defense, and the defense would take them there. I actually feel like the Warriors do the opposite. If they're having a bit of a struggle defensively, they're still going to be uh, jacking threes and putting those in to drive drive the game up into the hundreds, so uh, two two contrasting styles of play. But I like the Warriors in uh, in seven with Steph and Clay, sort of uh, unstoppable as long as they can uh, continue to drain threes like they did this year. You know, we love to compare things as sports fans. We 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 compare players and teams from the past to today's players and teams, and. and it's annoying, even though I do it all the time, because we're never going to see it happen. Yeah. So what's the point? And you know, you know what the point is. We love to torture ourselves. <laughs> we love to think of scenarios, fun scenarios, and it, and it is fun. It is fun to think of how these teams and players would match up. But what's the point? They're never yeah. going to play. It's the same Michael versus uh, Michael versus LeBron. Uh, who would win on a one-on-one? Uh, nobody cares because it will never happen. Obviously, a lot of people care, but nobody in the NBA cares. Maybe they do. I don't know. Maybe LeBron does care. Um, But I just, this whole topic is so annoying to me. I agree with you, Vinny. But to be fair to Pippen, he was asked the the question. He didn't just say it out of the blue like Mm -hmm. like we sometimes see. But Pippen has has been vocal in the past and he clearly thinks his team would do very well by sweeping it is disrespectful (laughs) and that's that's why brendan o'connell's behind the glass because he can chip in with with things he's gonna quickly become a great producer for this magic man right now um (laughs) it is disrespectful in in my opinion you got a team that's 69 and 8 in the warriors are the defending champions and just saying they're gonna sweep them but he's entitled to his opinion. And you know what? Scottie Pippen achieved a lot, and that Bulls team achieved a lot. So, And they set the record. So I don't have a problem with him saying it necessarily because he was asked the question, and he has a right to say that because he's a Hall of Famer. But I don't think they would sweep the Warriors. I think the Warriors could get one or two. Um, I think the Bulls would win because, look, when you think about the matchups, Pippen guarding Curry. He said he would guard Curry. Michael would guard Clay. And Robin would guard Draymond. I just think defensively, the the Bulls, although Curry and Thompson and Thompson are not normal players, they can shoot it from anywhere on the court. I just think the Bulls match up just they just match up better defensively at least, and that's why I think I think the Warriors though would would shoot crazy some nights and they would get a couple wins out of that. But I just think overall Bulls having a closer like Michael Jordan 
and, and I just think the Bulls win. But they're so they're so equal. They're, they're so equal offensively, but I think the defense separates them, as uh, Vinny mentioned, as you mentioned. Vinny said he would take them in seven games. I, my problem is I think the Bulls team can stop the Warriors, and I think the Warriors' defense, I don't know if they're capable of stopping the Bulls' offense mm, of that age. Yeah. I think that's the defense and the physical play. And you also mentioned the, the difference between errors. Like, what in what era in the NBA are yeah. we playing this game? Are we playing it current NBA where everything is a flagrant foul? Or are we playing it in 95-96 NBA where Jordan can go to the basket and get knocked to exactly. the ground and it's a regular call wouldn't, or no call? Wouldn't Jordan benefit from this era? I think they would be even better, this Bulls team, in this era. Maybe defensively they, they can't be as physical. Exactly. But yeah. Jordan, I think Barkley said he probably be averaging 40-plus a game, Jordan, in this era. Stars are That's protected a, a lot more now right. than they are in Jordan's era no, and the era before that. Stars would get beat up all the time, and I do think Jordan and other stars from that era would thrive in this era. If if, if this game was played in the current NBA, I think the advantage would go to the Bulls even more than it would in 95-96. It's an interesting debate. Uh, I think I think it's a little foolish to say they would sweep them. Although a lot, some people really believe they would sweep them, and I and and you know I didn't grow up watching that team. Yeah. I was one years old when they were <laughs> doing that. So you I, weren't alive. Then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I can't say that the Bulls don't have a the Bulls players or and the Bulls fans don't have a right to believe that they would sweep this year's Warriors team. But the Warriors sure are good. They're sixty nine and eight, as I said, four wins away from breaking. The 72 and 10 record set by the Bulls, uh, obviously, uh, that would get them to 73 wins. Um, they have five games remaining, fellas. I want to uh, hear what you guys have to say of whether or not they're going to get the record. Um, tonight, they're playing against Minnesota at home, 10:30 tonight. Um, the rest of the games, they play Thursday versus the Spurs at home. Then they go to Memphis. Then the next day on Sunday, they're at San Antonio again, and then they come back on Wednesday to face the Grizzlies. So essentially after tonight's game against Minnesota, they have two games um, home and away against Spurs and against the Spurs and the Grizzlies. You know, guys, they have eight losses. I don't know if they're going to get it. I don't know if they're going to get the record. Then again, the Spurs are probably going to rest their starters, mm. so there's a good chance they do. But they should have lost against Utah last week. They've, they lost against Boston. They look a little tired, the, the Warriors. This is a team that could fall short at the last second. Boy, would that be painful to say. Yeah, this is always a touchy debate to have because any given night in any sport, anything could happen. But I do think the odds are working in their favor right now because they have two games against the Spurs, as you mentioned, and Pop's most likely going to rest his guys. Then you have... This is an interesting matchup. You have two games against the Memphis Grizzlies, and that could look potentially like a trap game, one of those two games, because yeah, they're a defensive team like the Spurs. But what's working against the Grizzlies is two things. They've already played the Warriors twice, and they got absolutely destroyed yeah. both games that the Warriors played them. Plus, Mike Conley just went down with the Achilles injury, so you, you lose your starting point guard on a team already that's been insanely ravaged by injuries. Uh, in the Grizzlies and Minnesota tonight, it, it would be a miracle if Minnesota beats the Warriors on the road. I don't see that happening. So, yeah. the one thing working against the Warriors is they have looked fatigued. Uh, our producer, Brendan O'Connell, was uh, going crazy when he saw the, the Celtics beat <laughs> them. He's a big Celtics fan, but, <laughs> yep, there you go. But, uh, 
they do look a little bit fatigued, but I still think, given the circumstances, a, a, war, a Spurs team that is not playing their guys and a really depleted by injuries Grizzlies team and a terrible Timberwolves team, I think a tired Warriors team can still win four out of five of those games. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, the Spurs games are the two that jump out at everyone, and obviously, as you mentioned, those depend on whether they play the starters. If they play the bench, those are two automatic wins for Golden State. Um, Memphis, as you mentioned, they're, they're not the same team that they were in the first half of the season. Um, it's a shame that they're not able to play at that level, and they're definitely not the, the four seed, uh, five seed in the playoffs that they'll probably end up being so I see the two Memphis games as definite wins um tonight against Minnesota being that it's at home I think that uh definitely favors the Warriors just because of how great they've been at home the whole year and maybe after this wake-up call against Boston the other night but Minnesota played them a bit tight the the last time they played so uh those are a lot of young guys and they really have nothing else to play for other than spoiling this shot at the greatest record of all time. So I think Minnesota is going to surprise some people and come give them a shot tonight. But, um, yeah, I, assuming that Pop rests his guys in um, at least one of the two San Antonio games remaining, I, I like Golden State to win um, four of the five, if not all five. I, I'm, I'm going to go all five. I think they'll go undefeated went, the rest of the way. You think yeah. four or five? Or? I'll, I'll go f- – I'll go four or five because either if Pop decides to play his guys one game, I think the Spurs can beat him again. Or in a different scenario, I still think those uh, the Grizzlies still have enough players and their style of play to maybe shock the Warriors on one. But I don't think they'll not win four out of five. I I can't see them losing two of these next five. You know what? I I I, I overthought this when I when I saw it. Obviously, I don't think. Pop is, is going to play his starters in either game. I really don't. He has enough, um, no reason to. Yeah. Especially just, if they're going to meet up later. He doesn't care about yeah. things like this. He just doesn't. That's, that's why we all love him. Um, I'm going to go all five now. I, yeah. I, I thought there would be a trap game in there. Right. I was going to go four or five. I think the Warriors are just going to get all five. Like you said, man, how about the Grizzlies? I mean, that is a disappointing team. Mm-hmm. They signed Gasol to that max deal. He's already like 30 years old. Um, Zach Randolph. Uh, Mike Conley, who's going to be a free agent this year, potential Knicks Nets ca- target. Right, he's done. He always seems to get hurt. They're a really disappointing team. Not to go get off topic with with the Grizzlies, but when I saw the Conley news, I was just thinking to myself, man, it, it really unraveled for them this year with the injuries. And I don't know if the Grizzlies will ever contend. Not just because of the competition in that conference, because they can't stay healthy. And I can't ever see them staying healthy. Right. And when they do. They're going to be old, and they're not going to be as good as the teams anyway. So that's off topic. I felt <laughs> bad for the, for the Grizzlies the other mm-hmm. night, and I just wanted to express my my um, sympathy for them. Anyway, I think they're going to win all five games. The Warriors, they're going to get the record, 74 wins. Um, you know, me and Tom have said it. We think the Warriors are going to win it all. Um, I think the Spurs could challenge them potentially, but – I think the Warriors are going to get probably, it. Probably the only team in the West that can challenge the Warriors is the Spurs. Probably the only team in the league, in my opinion, that can challenge the Warriors. But uh, our astute producer, Brendan O'Connell, mentioned something a little earlier that the Spurs can go for the uh, for the home uh, wins record or for the that is games true. at home. That yeah. is true. But in my opinion, does, does Pop night. care at all about that? 
I just he I doesn't know. strike me as a guy that cares about the Warriors record, doesn't Warriors care about his own record. He wants to be ready for the playoffs. He wants to bring home another ring to San Antonio. He does not care about records. But even if they do play the starters that game, the Spurs, that's one game. So yeah, they lose still, that they one have to game. win four. They still have to win yeah. four out of five, and they'll probably still get the record. Now, do you think he'll rest them during the away game and play them during the home game? I think he'll rest them during the away game, but. Okay. I do think maybe maybe Pop, Pop is just like, yeah, let's just go for the record. Hey, the guy like, surprises yeah. people. He I does. mean, you never know what you're getting with uh, arguably the, the greatest coach. I think he's the greatest uh, coach in the league. Yeah. In the league right now, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Arguably in history, but that's a different debate to get into. <laughs> but, wow. Uh, <laughs> hey, you, you know, never know. The guys. You never know. Could be, man. <laughs> Phil Jackson had a lot Brad of great Stevens, players. Brad Stevens, according to our producer, <laughs> Brendan O'Connell. Hey, Brad Stevens, Stevens got some years is left. on the way up. Yes. Brad Stevens is no doing doubt. a fantastic job with Boston. Am and I I'm the only Knicks one fan. that's getting his? Yeah, he's getting, he's just I'm getting his comments whole, right now. Yeah. Oh man, he just told me Derek Fisher. That was that was a low blow. Um, <laughs> I think Derek Fisher is going to be on like NBA tonight. Don't don't even talk about his yeah, name. Yeah, let's not talk about. It. And you're a Knicks fan too. I forgot. Yeah, so. but well, anyway, I was I was going to get to it. Tom, uh, Tom and me think Tom and I think um, the Warriors are going to win it all. Who do you think is going to win it all, Vinny? Yeah, it's it's tough for me to go against the Warriors. Um, I like I think there are four teams who have a shot, and that's the Warriors, Spurs, Thunder, and Cavs. Really, the only four in the league who I think have the ability to win it. And um, partially, one one of the big factors in me picking the Warriors is that the Spurs and Thunder are going to have to meet up before they get to the Warriors. So at that point. Whoever it'll probably be the Spurs emerging from that side of the bracket, but um, the the Warriors you, you would think are going to be more rested from a matchup that'll probably be with the Clippers in the previous round versus OKC and the Spurs battling it out, and that's a, a rivalry that in the past uh, four or five years they've Clippers, had some yeah. some some battles, and um, so yeah, that Western Conference Finals, as a lot of people have said throughout the year, I think is going to be the toughest task for the Warriors, and um, I'm, I'm hoping that they get to see the Spurs because that, that's going to be an incredible That'll be an what a series, incredible yes. battle. And, um, yeah, who knows um, with, with, with the Cavs, assuming that the Cavs will get there to, to the final. Um, we saw that they had um, last year a 2-1 lead on them, so who knows what LeBron has up his sleeve if they do get to that. Um, I've heard a lot of people say that maybe LeBron had been um, taking it easy this year a little bit and saving up for that um, finals matchup. But, yeah, I, I don't really see anyone taking the Warriors, even seven games this uh, this postseason. But San Antonio being their toughest competitor along the way. The Cavs have been playing well lately. Yeah. And, and LeBron is really – I didn't think he could, but he he's really raised the level of his game, been super efficient, kind of like that year in Miami when he really went on that mm. stretch. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can't see anybody challenging the Warriors, but I will say this. The Cavaliers were up 2-1 in that series yeah. last year, despite how good the Warriors were. Anything's possible once you get to the finals. And the Cavs had injuries in that series. Completely and they had injuries. Roster. But, I mean, are they better with those injuries? Because the way the chemistry has been, mm. I don't think they are. But, you know, it's always, Kyrie it's always and Kevin yeah. Love yeah. and LeBron, how do they all get along? I think the Cavaliers, honestly, the way they're playing right now, they could give them a run for their money. I still think the Warriors would probably win in like seven. But I I don't think it's far-fetched to say the Cavaliers could take them down anymore because the way the Cavaliers are playing, and if they start gelling, maybe they could. 
LeBron is such a competitor. I agree with you. I don't think it'll be a walk in the park finals for the Warriors if that is what the finals is. Warriors and Cavs. It's unbelievable to even think that LeBron James and his team is an afterthought in the NBA right now, but they <laughs> honestly are in terms of the Eastern Conference being a much it's weaker crazy. conference than the conference than the West. So I think LeBron is the biggest competitor in the NBA, and I do not think his team's going to win, but I can see him really ramping up his level of play as he's been doing in the past few games once he gets to the finals because he is a competitor, and I don't think he's going to go easy into the night. We'll say this. This might be an advantage for the Cavs is how easy their road is compared to the Warriors. Right. If the Warriors have to go through the Spurs or, or any of those teams, the Clippers or, um, or OKC, that's a much harder road to go through than it is uh, for the Cavaliers. Probably have the Raptors to go through. Yeah. Who, uh, I've said it time and time again are not a real, real <laughs> contender or a real threat to the Cavaliers. But that 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 could be an advantage to the Cavs. They they will be re- well rested by the time they have to face um, the Warriors. That's a good point. Likely. Yeah. Um, let's go more so to the bottom of the league. Now. <laughs> let's get right back to the bottom of the barrel. Oh uh, man, we're talking about all these champions, all these great teams, debating all this great basketball. And now we have to go to the Knicks and the Nets. Me and you are Knicks fans, Tom. It's been a brutal season. Four games less left for the Knicks. Thirty-one. <laughs> They're thirty-one and forty-seven. The Knicks. Four games left in the season. Thank God. Um, Christos Porzingis. Said his se- the season wasn't a, a success because they didn't make the playoffs. Um, Rambis has been playing the starters since he's gotten there as the head coach. He's been playing the starters mainly, and that's bit, been a controversy. A, a thing Knicks fans really want to see is their young players play in a, in a season when that is that is basically done. Um, and he's started to do it, and he's let in these past couple Finally. games after the recommendation from the players. Grant played well, 14 points in their 105-91 win over the Nets on Friday night. Meaningless game, but it's not. It's always nice to look at the young guy. Uh, look at the young guys. Indiana 92-87 loss. They played well though. That was that was Sunday night. Sasha Vujacic had a good game. Uh, he's not a young guy, <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, what what do we make of these last few games for the Knicks? What what is it you guys have seen from the young guys? Grant. Played worse against Indiana in six points and in 26 minutes, two of nine shooting. This is not very good. But what do you guys want to see? What have you seen uh, from, from the young guys in particular? Well, I think, as you said, it was a meaningless game, the Knicks versus the Nets. But it was nice to see a win, and it was also nice how they got that win. It was really a win on the shoulders of the young guys. As you mentioned, Jaron Grant had 14 points, 28 minutes. And the 14 points, maybe not – jump at might not jump out of the box score but if you watch that game he was playing point for a lot of it he and changes it, the game it looked like he was really poised and control in control of that offense and i think he's getting better with every game in these uh last final stretch of this atrocious season for the knicks if there's anything to look at as a positive in these last 20 games i think it's been his improvement and i'm glad and, and excited to see what he'll do in the next season along with Kristaps as a nice young core for the team. And also Galloway got uh, 24 minutes. He scored 18 points in that game. It was a big game for him. Galloway has been a great great story no matter what coming out of the D-League and really making a living for himself now in the NBA. And, and an interesting story is Clee Anthony Early. They called him up, and now he's getting over 20 minutes. He got 23 minutes against the Nets, only scored five points. But... At this point, even throw Clee Anthony Early out there, see what he can do. 
it's appalling to me that Coach Rambis had to have Carmelo Anthony come to him in order for him to finally be like play the young players. Like you, it it's took your it took your star to go to you to say play the young players. We're playing for nothing right now. Kurt Rambis, we'll we'll get into him, I guess, as the discussion goes on. But I just he infuriates me as a coach, and some of the things he's done, we'll, we'll get into him in a little bit. But Vinny, at first, if if you want to yeah, jump in I on mean, the young guys, you, you got to look to the young guys, especially at this time of the year, get them the experience. And regarding Rambis, I don't I don't think he's there for the long run. Um, I I doubt to see him there in in the near future. And regarding the um, Porzingis comment about him not having a good season, I think that's sort of a New York mentality there to never be satisfied with um, what, the year that he had and the fact that the team didn't do so well. But I'm I'm not really buying that he's not satisfied with he's the year not, that he yeah. had. You know, um, he's got to be. He's not telling the truth. The guy exceeded all expectations. You had the whole, all of New York calling him a bust before he even stepped on on the floor, and now he's in Rookie of the Year conversation and has a lot of people convinced that he's the face of the franchise moving forward so that's a pr- pretty good year in my opinion how can you not for, for love Zingas. kp yeah he's, he's the great man. guy like i mean <laughs> this guy is is exactly what the knicks needed unfortunately he's already getting injured <laughs> it's scaring it's scaring me so much yeah, Tom. It's, it's very um, scary i'm gonna start crying on your shoulder if i start <laughs> really thinking about it but yeah you know that's the mentality mentality that new york fans love is mm-hmm. you know it wasn't a successful season we didn't make the playoffs and um you know, not not that a lot of people expected them to make the playoffs. I think in the first half they exceeded the expectations, half, if anything. Yeah. But once Rambus took over, I don't think a lot of people thought it was it was going to happen. They had kind of started falling out of the race by, by the time Rambus took mm-hmm. over after that losing streak that they had under under Fisher. Getting back to Rambus, you know, you said you don't think he's in here for the long haul. Man, I sure hope not. If he is. Uh, you know, Phil Jackson's starting to scare me a little bit. I went from a Phil Jackson believer. I'm still a Phil Jackson believer. I'm still going to give him one more offseason. But he's scaring me. If he sticks with Kurt Rambis, I think that will be a colossal mistake. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Kurt Rambis is an absolute zero when it comes to coaching <laughs> in the NBA. He did absolutely nothing he's in gotta Minnesota. He's got to go back to ESPN. He's done absolutely nothing here. And Talk about a peculiar story, this Aaron Aflalo situation where he, he's benching Aaron Aflalo, which was the right move, but then how he handles it. Why are you going to the media and saying this will help his free agency value coming off the bench? They're trying to get rid of him. First of all, th- that might not even be correct. Like Starters make more money than a bench player. If NBA teams are looking at Aaron Aflalo as a bench player, then they're going to offer him less money. If they're looking at him as a starter, he's going to get more money. Why, as a coach, are you even saying that to the media in a press conference when he really wasn't even asked about it? It kind of just came up. And why, as a coach, are you telling the media what you plan to do with a certain player? Because that's basically giving it away that he, the Knicks are not going to re-sign him. They're not going to offer him anything when he opts out. I agree with the move of benching Aflalo and not re-signing him, but I think this guy fundamentally does not understand how to be an NBA coach in terms of the actual X's and O's of the game, as well as how to deal with the media. He's just, in general, a zero. Yeah, Rambus was sort of a Band-Aid fix that they, I think, were, were looking at for a guy you could get in there who has some experience just until the end of the season. But I, I really hope for, for Knicks fans that they look – 
for someone with some youth at, at the coaching position, maybe a um, Luke Walton. I know his his name's been thrown mm-hmm. out around there. He and Phil Jackson probably are on the same page, being under Jackson's tutelage and um, in L.A. toward the end of his career there. I, I think Luke Walton would be a, a fresh face with uh, some new ideas, new perspective, laid-back guy. Um, I, I think he'd work in New York or at least a new – um, sort of new direction for the team to go in that people would buy into. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And let's stick with New York, and, and let's just stick with the Nats. I just want to touch on them briefly. Uh, they shut down Brooke Lopez and Thaddeus Young. Uh, nothing else really going on <laughs> besides that. They have five games left on the season. Left in the season, they've lost five straight. They're twenty-one and fifty-six. They don't have a first-round draft pick. The Celtics have it. What do you make of the move to shut down Brooke Lopez, Thaddeus Young? I think you said it was a good move, right? I said it's the absolute right move. It was for the final six games of the season. They've had one game since uh, since they decided to shut them down, and they got killed by the Pelicans. They got destroyed. But at least you got guys like Kilpatrick, Bogdanovich, who are going to be key pieces next year, and also Thomas Robinson. They got a lot of minutes in that game. They played pretty well offensively, and who cares if he got blown out? You're not playing for anything right now. You're not even playing for a draft pick. Right. The Celtics have your draft pick, so it's not it's not like you're tanking in order to give yourself a good draft position. And probably in terms of the core of this team, Brooke Lopez and Thaddeus Young might be the two most important players on the roster. So why risk them in the final six games of the season when you're literally playing for nothing, not playing for wins, not playing to get a draft pick? These five games could not be any more meaningless. Why risk the health of two of your most important players? I think it's a good move. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, you got to protect the few assets you have. I mean, Lopez has been, as you said, Thaddeus Young has been pretty good too, but Lopez really the lone real bright spot this year averaging over 20 a game and um as you said you're, they're not playing for anything it's not like playing those guys is going to bring in fans for these last six games uh i think fans would um endorse the decision to rest these guys make a push at a superstar this offseason and try to go in the uh right direction there's not really anywhere to go but up for the nets if you're looking for any any optimism, but um, yeah, I, th- I think good move, no doubt. Good move by the Nets. I agree. Get to see more more of their young guys. Sean Kilpatrick has looked pretty good. Uh, Bogdanovich has been great. Uh, there's no point in playing Young and, and Lopez. There's absolutely zero point in playing unless you just want the Celtics to have a worse draft pick by like one or two picks potentially. Um, yeah, good move. But let's end on a positive note. We got to wrap it up. Uh, getting elected into the Hall of Fame, Basketball Hall of Fame. Yesterday, I believe it was it was announced that Shaq, Allen Iverson, and Yao Ming. I think we're all we all believe Shaq and and Iverson should have made it. I I I believe Yao should have made it, and I and you guys do as well. Why do you believe Yao should have gotten in? I know a lot of people think he shouldn't have gotten in. Vinny, I'll start with you. Yeah, just the impact that Yao's had on the game for China, which is a giant. Um, place where n- new fans are emerging um, very rapidly in the league. He he did so much for the game in China, and he will always be remembered for those early battles with with Shaq when those he first great. yeah came into the league. Those were the uh, marquee Christmas Day games for a few years, and um, I mean that in the Basketball Hall of Fame, there's no doubt that he had a gigantic impact on the game. Yeah, maybe he didn't have the long career that 
people were hoping for, Rocket fans were hoping for, but he no doubt uh, le left his mark on the game, so I see nothing wrong with inducting him into the Hall. Yeah, I, I agree. The, the The Hall of Fame doesn't always have to be purely about stats, especially in the basketball sense. Maybe with the Baseball Hall of Fame and the writers, it's a, it's a little different, but in terms of what Yao Ming has done for the game. He's had a tremendous amount of influence, as Vinny mentioned. The game, and the NBA specifically, is huge in China. I, I think more than people realize. They love Kobe Bryant over there. I'm sure his retirement is huge. And I think in terms of bringing the game to China, I think Yao Ming was, along with Kobe, probably more influential than anyone, along with David Stern taking the game global. I think those three really had a great amount of influence in bringing the NBA's popularity to such a big country. And... It's not we're acting like this guy was a scrub that got elected to the to the Hall of Fame. He averaged 19 points a game for his career and almost uh nine and nine rebounds. So he almost had a double-double average for his career. He only the thing is was small sample size. He only played 486 games, but in terms of his influence and he wasn't this atrocious player. He wasn't like this this loser in the NBA that they're electing to the Hall of Fame. So he had a decent enough career in the short time he had that was cut off by injuries, and he had a tremendous amount of influence in taking the game global. I think it's definitely a worthy introduction for Yao. Yeah, I agree. Uh, great player when he was in the league. People just gloss over that because of how short his career was, but there was a time when people thought he was better than Shaq. Um, those were some great matchups. Uh, he retired early, unfortunately. I know a lot of people are hoping that's not the Porzingis correlation between the two, <laughs> other than their height. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he was a great player. Allen Iverson, I know we have a great clip to end the show on. Brendan, why don't you hook us up with that clip? Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. And, and that's the guy that that is most notably in. Oh, Shaq. Well, Shaq's Shaq probably also. more notable. But, but what AI did... For, for fashion and the the style of the league at the time, the yeah. crossover, stepping over Tyron Lue, and, and Shaq as well. He, but. Yeah, he was another guy that really had this short career in terms of success. He had the time with the Nuggets and stuff like that. But in, in terms of his prime with the Sixers, you look at what he did there, it's definitely Hall of Fame worthy. And, of course, he gave us that tremendous moment. And uh, he's he was great. He did a lot He'll of never be stuff. another AI. Not a game. Nope. You know? <laughs> not, a, not, not the game that I go out there and, and die for. <laughs> He's the man. He'll die for the game. He's the man. Great show, fellas. Great to have you on. Yep. That's it for this week's edition of Pick and Pod. Enjoy the rest of the season. Watch the Warriors game tonight. They're going to kill the Timberwolves. And enjoy your weekend. Good weekend.